Welcome to Assetting Assets Podcast. I'm your host, Mambwe, Mambwe D. Kamkwamba Jr. The second in this podcast seeks to give you a fresh perspective about success and you. In today's episode, I feature an amazing guy that I've gotten to know uh, for quite some time now. He is a legal advisor, thought leader, and human rights and mental health activist. He's also a self-help advocate. Mr. Mwika Musakuzi, welcome to Assetting Assets Podcast. Okay, thank you very much, and it's an honor. Yeah, great to have you. So, Mr. Mwika, to get it uh, started, if you were to think of one word, or maybe a sentence, what word best describes you? Consistency. Okay. And self-love. Consistency and self-love. I love that. So, Mr. Mwika, walk me down through uh, the time that you got this epiphany and thought... There is more to life than me just existing. At what point did you think, okay, there is more, really more to life than just existing and you started implementing what has brought you to where you are today? Um, that is a very, very big question. Mm-hmm. But um, I think like most people, um, you have to go through certain episodes in your life till you could finally reach a point where you could understand and see life from a perspective of what life actually is and that uh, you know in life you're actually destined to do great things and that you're not destined to go through what I would call a template Mm -hmm. you know a lot of young people are living life not really for themselves but are living life from a perspective of what others are doing what mom and dad want me to do what the fam- the expectations of the family it's really sad to say the least for me i realized that uh, there is more to life and that i am made to achieve more than what is expected i think in my mid mid 20s mid 20s yeah after graduating from uni working for a bit of some time when i experienced most of the things that people talk about that make people feel more of a human being when in actual fact that's not what real life is about yeah. because They'll tell you when you start working, you get yourself a car, you get yourself the, the meanest girl around, you know, mm-hmm. fly babe, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Like you've made it in life when when there's actually more to life than that. Yeah. You know, life is not life is just not about making money. Life is not about uh dating that hottest chick without substance, you know? Mm-hmm. There's really more to life. And it's up to you to figure it out. And you have to take aggressive steps. Aggressive steps. I like To that. try and figure that out. And this journey cannot be taken by anyone but yourself. Mm-hmm. And I took that journey on my own. And um, it wasn't easy. It took near-death experiences to come and actually realize. To say, you know what? 
uh, I feel like I was destined for good things. For me personally, if, if, if I were to explain to you, I was involved in a road traffic accident in um, 2019. Um, you know, usually when people almost die, <laughs> um, it changes something about them. You get to ask yourself very big questions. A lot of people start questioning their spirituality. Mm-hmm. People start questioning, no, is there life after death? For me, that wasn't really the steps. For me, I asked myself questions to say, you know what? I feel I am alive now because I feel there's something I need to achieve in life. Mm-hmm. There's something I need to achieve in life or there is an important role I have to play in someone who is destined for greatness you know or there's something i haven't done that needs to be done that plays an important role in someone's life you know once i reached that point in my life i started looking at life from a whole different perspective and i started to appreciate things like humility Mm -hmm. i started appreciating things like uh self-worth self-esteem confidence character and i started building and molding myself around such tenets and i always told myself consistency is key to attain any form of greatness in life and uh, consistency sounds like a small word but if you are consistent in everything in life you will yield results if you have if you're consistently dreaming and seeing yourself being great in life, yeah. you your reality that is going to become your reality. If you are consistently principled and have discipline in life, you will be rewarded. Yeah. Because I believe one day the consequences or rather the fruits that were uh, planted or the trees, or whatever it is that were planted in our 20s, our teens, they come to yield in the 30s, 40s. And that's how you know that. You know, you either wasted your life, or you did something meaningful. So I had that epiphany when I... I had a serious epiphany when I almost lost my life. So you're living a second chance. Would you say you're living your second chance now, or you're still living the same old life, but now you're doing it more uh, more with purpose and um, in that sense? I wouldn't want to go the R. Kelly route and start going for the you saved me type of life. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me a second chance. Mm. <laughs> um, I believe every day you wake up yeah. is like a birthday because you have been given an opportunity to, to, to do something different. Yeah. I uh, I think the number of days of I don't know if you multiply 28 by 361 those are the chances I think I have cuz we waking up waking up every morning is an underrated blessing that we we all don't really like ponder upon and sit down and think of because every day you have the chance to change what you did have a different perspective a fresh view I would call my wake-up call as just a rude reality check that I got. I wouldn't call it a second chance because I believe every day is another chance. Yeah. 
it's another chance to change a lot of things and that's why for me i always tell people you have to love yourself mm-hmm. you know if you are going through something that is killing you every day you are given a chance to change that reality and it's just all about you to take that opportunity yeah so you accept life and this is life and this is an opportunity for you and it has to be something that you make a decision so to say because what i'm getting is it's not really something that you stumble on but it's something that you have to make a decision and say i need to live a life of purpose definitely 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 you 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 need to realize that um in life first of all we are all we all live different lives uh the quality of life differs but at the end of the day we all end up in the same place and that's a coffin and we're all going to be in the soil we're going to be buried yeah once you have that realization you will want to make every day count and that is why a few days ago i was telling someone to say i'm one person who doesn't really get so excited about my birthday because i feel like my birthday is just an indicator that i'm getting closer to my expiration date mm. and it's a rude sh- reminder to say i'm running out of time i need to do things you have to make that choice yeah. you know you choose what you want to do do you want to live a mediocre cliche life you wake up go for work you're done with work you go home you pay rent you pay bills you are, it's it's all on you honestly it's all on you it's a choice you have to make within your life you have to find ways and means to make a difference and realize what your purpose is in life because if you're a very spiritual person if you're a christian like me you will understand that god doesn't really bring you in this lifetime to come and just live a life and die no you have a purpose and one of your key objectives in life if in life is to figure out what that purpose is and what that calling is and within all of us we have a purpose and you will only realize that when you have the right energy and space yeah. to figure out that you have a divine purpose in life and you can change your way of life just by simply discovering what it is yeah so usually um there's a saying i usually love and i say you know it is your uh, your divine duty so to say for you to find out who you are what you're good at and then you showcase it uh, to the world um i want to delve into you being a legal advisor yeah you know how growing up how growing up in a typical zambian home usually most parents will make the decision for you they would want you to be uh someone maybe say a lawyer a doctor with esteemed certain career choices than others so being a legal advisor was it something that you've always wanted to be or was it something that after a certain uh, after a certain period in your life you thought wow i would want to be a lawyer and uh, pursue this career path if i have to be sincere um my life has not been very different from a typical zambian who grew up in a in a zambian home yeah. a lot of us young people do not really figure out 
what we want to do and who we want to be but it's usually a predetermined choice you find that your parents will steer you in a certain direction where they want you to fulfill certain dreams that they didn't achieve yeah you know um for me my story is quite simple i i believe i was i i was multi purpose even right now i'm able to do a lot of stuff yeah put me in the right frame I'll, I'll speak biology mm-hmm. <laughs> speak me in the right frame we'll talk accounts put me in the right frame we can talk about astrophysics we can talk about anything i believe i could have achieved and excelled in anything um when i was young i had keen interest in um civic education yeah i really loved uh civic issues and uh, my dad saw that i had this strong affinity towards those types of things and he sensed that I or rather guided that I would make a good lawyer mm-hmm. and that's how I started saying I want to be a lawyer I want to be a lawyer and my dad's dad my grandfather always wanted my dad to be a lawyer when my dad came to Unza and he didn't pursue law because my dad did not have the the prerequisite points yeah. it really upset my grandpa he was really disappointed mm-hmm. so I, I believe it's something that really scarred my dad to say my dad wanted me to be a lawyer so him hearing that I want to be a lawyer at a very young age he made it his, his mission that you know uh, I have to do my best to make sure that my son lives his dream and also fulfills a dream to say that at least I have also raised a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So that's a mission that we've that's a mission that my dad had and in the and I won't lie to you, when I went to law school I did not know what direction I wanted my life to go. Like I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know because when you enter law school, um things that we were not told is you need to discover what your niche is. Yeah. You know, because there's so many branches of law. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to be the only branch people get to see or hear about uh, is the practicing lawyer. Mm-hmm. People think the practicing lawyer going to court. And most of the times people only think of criminal law. Yeah, That's all people know because I mean that's what they're exposed to on television. So when you go to law school, you start learning. I only learned about Ziali when I was... In law school, people kept talking about. I didn't even know about Ziali. Hey. People kept talking about, hey, you know the Ziali, shan, 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 shan. and then I was like, there's even a monster called Ziali. And then as you are going through law school, you're just hearing of this monster. People failing. You're like, hmm. you start questioning yourself, do I really want this? Mm-hmm. So, I went through law school, and I would not lie to people. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. So when I graduated, like every other law graduate, I wanted to finish school, uh, quickly go to Ziali, uh, get my practicing certificate and uh, start going to court. But that's not how life works. Um, When I graduated, my dad had uh, a very big project which he was working on and he, I could tell that he was really financially stressed out. Yeah. Like most parents are. So 
um, he gave me a choice to say, look, I can pay for your Ziari. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the fees that were Ziari, and that was like 20, 2015, 2016. Yeah. The fees were like 18,000. I was like, yeesh, dad. <laughs> uh, no, let me start working. When I start working, I'll raise the money myself, and I'll, I'll take my, I'll go to Ziari. Let me stress you out. Finish the project. I I wouldn't want to strain you that much because going to Ziali was I, I wasn't I, I I wasn't resident in Osaka, so it was going to mean boarding fees. It was going to mean uh, just basic my money for maintenance. It was going to be university reloaded. Mm-hmm. Now at Ziali, now even more costly. Yeah. So I chose to say no, and I quickly came to Lusaka. I briefly stayed with my very close friends, family. Yeah. Then I became independent. I worked as a lecturer for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Lecturer, a tutor at one of these small colleges in Osaka. And uh, I was doing part-time work and I used to do a lot of research for other people. Mm-hmm. At that point in my life, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. Because I was simply doing things as people were saying. You know, my dad would say, no, do this, do this, do that, do that. It was until in 2017... When I got my job as a legal advisor at uh, the Ministry of Home Affairs at the Department of the Commissioner for Refugees. Yeah. And um, it was my first time having a real, real job. Like a job where your salary was consistent. Then you're working in an environment where things are structured. Then there's a chain of command, a really serious chain of command. And then you are doing a job that is very, very important. Because you're working in the security department and you're making decisions, very big decisions, that are that could affect many lives. And you're talking to uh, asylum seekers and refugees on a day on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to hear a lot of sad stories. Then, in 2017, we had a refugee in, uh, emergency. Uh, we had refugees that were crossing from the DRC from um, Puerto region and they were crossing into Zambia, into Nchelenge. Um, I was three months old at the office, if I recall. Three months old. I didn't know much about the work I was doing. I didn't know anything per se. I was new and you know, I didn't have this confidence. The story of how I got my job is another one. Mm-hmm. All I can just say is I wasn't the first choice. Yeah. I think um, when we went for interviews, another person was picked. And the only reason I got the job was because the other person pulled out. Oh. And because he didn't want to go and sit on a rural area, then they called me. Oh, yeah. So I was second choice. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine what that does to you. To, yeah, to your yeah, confidence and your self-esteem. Like I wasn't even the first I wasn't one. even the first one. And the, and, by the way. By the way. <laughs> and, the, and the guy that I replaced worked for like three weeks and this guy had or has he's not dead (laughs) he has charisma he's a friend he's still a friend he has charisma he worked in the office for a few weeks but everyone loved him Mm -hmm. and then here comes this new guy i was very tiny then small and um i'm not i am not anti-social and i don't think i'm one of those guys that don't want to talk I, I'm just a type of person that will not interact with you if I'm not very comfortable with you. Yeah. You know, I'm not an introvert, no. Mm-hmm. Neither am I an extrovert. But um, I'm a person who doesn't... I feel like I don't like to, to, to give chwera. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you can imagine two very opposite people. I come in, 
uh, this guy who was very charismatic, Our energy. Boy. Then this guy who just comes in, boom, and quiet, quiet, enclosed. I, at some point, and then my boss would always look at I remember my boss would always look at me, my then boss. Uh, Mr. Mawere, I remember how he would always look at me. I thought, and I was, for the longest time, I thought he never liked me because I was a second choice. Because <laughs> he really liked the other guy. The other guy, yeah. And in fact, what happened was when I worked for like, when we worked, I worked for like, a, I think I didn't even work for long. Someone else resigned. The same guy that left, the boss brought him back. That's how much he loved that. That's how much he liked that other guy. <laughs> no, you know? Sure, no. That's going through your mind. <laughs> Imagine how I'm like, wow. I was already here. Why are you bringing back? And him? the other guy was back. And then everyone was like, oh, he's back, he's back, he's back. So I didn't have the confidence. So when the refugee emergency happened in 2017, um, it was a crisis that my boss never experienced before and a lot of us were new mm-hmm. I remember my boss telling me you need to go to Nchelenge I want you to go on a mission blah 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 um, I was put in a position where I stayed there for like a week and before I knew it the boss was telling me I want you to be the refugee officer of that emergency yeah. which basically entailed that I had to be the boss mm-hmm. I had to control everything. I was three months in the job. I was 23 years old. I knew nothing about refugee work. I I was blank. No. I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, people were coming in hundreds every day. And then I was in charge and it was confusing. I was working with international organizations and everybody would look up to me. Say, oh, that's the person that's in charge. I literally know people who said, that guy can't do the job. Let's go another guy. And people actually would tell it to my face. To say, um, why don't you tell your boss to call that guy to do what you're doing? Because we don't think you are capable of doing, doing it. it. People would, to my face. Like, people didn't believe in me. Mm. The person, the only person that believed in me was my boss. The, the person I th- who I thought was second choice he told me sit down wherever you are sit down i know this is something new i know you've never done it before but i want you to be the ro and uh i'm going to take you through and we'll do this step by step i was so afraid i thought i was gonna mess up Mm -hmm. uh but my boss we used to communicate on a daily basis and my confidence started growing and that was when I started discovering my, you know, uh, leadership skills. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, oh, I can actually... I can do this. I can do this. It took me to step my ground mm-hmm. and start doing things. Because people were disrespecting me deliberately because I was young. Yeah. I was young. I was new. I was timid. I stepped my ground and I didn't care and I pushed to say, you know what, I don't care what your feelings are, what your emotions are, I'm here, I have all the authority. My boss is there, he's backing me. And that is how I managed to see that I'm capable of doing this. And it was within that experience that I was able to see that I'm a good, effective communicator. I'm able to display leadership skills in a very harsh environment. And I was capable of communicating. Because I used to imagine at the age of 23, I was working with 
the police department, the the intelligence, immigration, big drug enforcement commission, like you know, UN organizations. It was, and I had to deal with everyone. Yeah, it was a very big task. I felt I wasn't good enough for that, but I it just took one person to believe in to believe in me, and he said, "You can do it." I slowly started believing in myself, and I developed that argument and I did a wonderful job because within a short period I was there I think that was like four months we managed to establish a refugee settlement we managed to get the refugees found a very good home for the refugees there was we had about one uh, we had about 10,000 mm. refugees Get if I recall 10,000 refugees in a very small piece of land and the area they were in was um, prone to cholera. Oh, yeah. And people kept saying, cholera is going to spread out here. Cholera is going to be... There was a whole lot of drama going on. But within that experience, I succeeded. And it was from that experience, my perspective of life changed. Oh, yeah. And I started to see things from a different angle. And I, re- I discovered to say, you know what? I think I would want to steer my life in this direction. You know, for the longest time, I didn't really know what I wanted. So you'd find that um, even as old schoolmates are graduating, let's say from Ziali, yeah. you would have that envy, that mm-hmm. that feeling of um, defeat to say, I'm not capable of doing this or like I gave up. And it was really a bad feeling. But once you discover your purpose in life and you you realize to say that, you know, in life, you can be classmates, course mates, housemates, but you can never be destiny mates. Yo. You can never be destiny mates. You can never be destiny mates. You know, just because you you achieved your goals earlier, it doesn't mean I won't achieve mine. Mm-hmm. Yes, you achieved something major at the age of 20, 21, 22. If I achieve mine at 40, we've, we've both achieved our purpose in life. So once you start looking at life from that perspective, you are going to have the zeal and energy to deal with a lot of things in life and you will not unnecessarily stress yourself out. It was during that experience that I I grew, I became confident. I had this self-esteem. A lot of people, when they see me walking, the way I dress, the way I move, a lot of people are convinced I'm a practicing lawyer coming from a very big law firm. <laughs> And you know, and, and but when, and then others would even think I'm very cocky, but that's just me, that's just my personality, and I'm strong. People want to quickly call you, sa, 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 sa. <laughs> no, because I, I have discovered who I am, mm. I have discovered that I have this skill, I have discovered I know what my talent is, yeah. and I know what I'm capable of, and I know what it means to fulfill a part of your potential. and. I have understood that in life we have different purposes. You know, for me, I I discovered what I was capable of doing when I was that side. Yeah. There are many people who just leave school. If it's for us lawyers, you go to Ziali, but you don't even know what you want to do with your life. Do you want to work in a law firm? Do you want to go to court? Do you want you don't know what you want to do? Just like we've got people who who live uh Unza, they were doing something now. You, you find someone who's doing um 
education they they can't get a job because in their mind they are wired that it's only this it's only this it's only this because you're shipped exactly and we're thinking no because exactly. after you're done with law yeah, exactly. school you need to go to you need to, go to you need after to your ziyadi, there's always this set date and set time for you to achieve something and that's the ready. thing when the rude reality is i have a lot of friends who have gone to ziyadi they've gotten the practicing certificate and the question that comes is what now yeah i have everything and you know when we were in law school we had this fantasy of when you just graduate when you when you leave Ziyadi, people start throwing money on you mm-hmm. <laughs> like you'll be making 50,000 kwacha a month that's not that's not reality when reality hits hard Re- so, and I- reality hits hard like it really hits hard yep. so i got to learn about life during that experience and from that from that experience i was able to say you know what um i really am a big fan of humanity and helping yeah. i decided to pursue my master's in human rights yeah. at the school i was at and i was like you know what after my master's i will find the convenient time to do my practicing because my practicing certificate at ziali because um work is kind of very stressful yeah. and i don't want to force things mm-hmm. because it's when you force things that things really become bad so when you know your purpose you will know that unrealistic timelines that people create are meaningless. Mm-hmm. No, when you finish school, you have to find a job. When you find a job, you, you uh, no. I have seen people who have achieved greatness at the age of 60, 40, 50. If you look at uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, these are three billionaires who all found success at different times in their lives. And you have to look at life from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Don't be in a rush. Don't try and force things. You have to work within your means and understand what the objectives of your mission are and what it is that you want to achieve. And for me, it was during that experience when I interacted with so many people. I got to saw different personalities. I met Edgar Chagwalungu when he was president. During that period, I shook his hand. I remember that period. And I, I experienced a, too much in a short period of time. And my mind opened up and I, was able, I grew. And I knew what I wanted in life. It was from that point in life I knew to say, I want to be a great person. I have to leave a mark. I have to, if I have to die in this lifetime, I would want to live twice. In the sense that I would be dead somewhere, but someone out there would be speaking my name. Yeah. To say, I did that, I achieved that. It was through that experience. And that's how life has gone for me from there. It reminds me of, uh, you said you'd want to live twice. What Kato the Great said. Mm. He said, um, rather have people asking why you do not have a monument than them asking why does this guy have a monument. Exactly. And uh, I, want, I want us to talk about potential. Uh, because from what I'm getting is, um, as human beings or as a person, you have so much potential. You spoke about you being multidisciplinary. You said if you were taught to start talking about biology, you would talk about biology. And people have this potential to be anything. Don't you think it's this is what causes people to be in a state of confusion? Because I am good at everything. This guy can play soccer. Oh, this guy can, other than playing soccer, he's fast. He can run. Um, he can be an athlete. Uh, other than doing this, this guy can be good at uh, at this. But... I want you to really delve into a point where you have to sit down, the importance of you sitting down and really having to just think, I'm good at all these things, 
but let me focus on this mm -hmm. so what you're talking about is something i call the journey to self-discovery yeah. the journey to self-discovery is i think i wrote on one of my statuses on my page um it is a lonely long journey because you need to sit down and see within yourself yeah. what it is that you want to do mm -hmm. um when we are born we are a blank we are equivalent to a blank disc i don't think anybody is born with any skill mm -hmm. i don't think anybody is born with uh, any special skills no you are a product of your environment mm -hmm. you are a product of your environment so one thing which I feel that we need to encourage in our generation is we do not need to create a system which should predetermine what someone is good at. Because if it's one system that has really failed us, especially in Africa, is the education system. Yeah. You will find that at a very young age, you have, they, are, they are smart kids. They are naturally smart kids who are fast and that's usually heredit it's it's heredity mm -hmm. there are kids that are able to grasp concepts very fast yeah. that are very good at math they're very good at what you quickly want to interpret that as a uh, engineer mm -hmm. a doctor yeah. uh, this guy is good at english a uh, lawyer Society should uh, be. and that is where therein lies the problem yeah. we don't have a system that is able to quickly identify uh, the skills and talents that a young person has at a very young age. That is why you find that a lot of young men are doing things they don't even want to do. Because for me, I feel it's very abnormal for someone who went to med school to come and realize that I, I actually liked law. <laughs> and goes and do, and they go and do a law degree at the age of 40. And they go, at, they go to Ziari and they feel fulfilled. <laughs> so you're telling me he wasted... Mm -hmm. Seven Many plus years mm -hmm. getting a medical degree only to realize that he didn't even want to be a doctor. Just because he was really good at math. I remember when I was young and I was sitting with my mom and I told my mom, Mom, I would love to be a journalist. My mom laughed at me and she was like, Ah, Tamwa Bendarama in Abemba. What do you journalist for So I really felt discouraged. But growing up, I have come to realize that I am an effective communicator yeah. and I am very good at um, expressing myself and putting my thoughts in a very coordinated way and being able to display them for people to understand. I'm able to speak uh, the language very effectively. Yeah. But I have found myself with a law degree. Mm -hmm. When these are skills that are very effective for a journalist. So at a very young age, I had the love and I had the passion for journalism. But the environment I grew in told me, you can't do that. You can't do that, no. You're smart. You need to do, you need to do this, you need to do that. I only decided to say I would want to do, I would learn to be a lawyer because I was made fun of when I was told that I can be a journalist at a very young age. And that's the reality of many young children. You find at a very young age, the boy realizes that he's very good at playing football. Mm -hmm. 
Kwa mambo football hapa ngai kwa ndarama. Those are statements that you get. <laughs> at a very young age, a young man will be able to realize that he's good at poetry. Mm-hmm. He can rap, he can write good. Tapare uko kaya nafyo. You're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to achieve anything. You dis- so at a very young age, our own parents discourage us. And we don't have anybody to actually identify those abilities that we have and be able to harness them to bring them to excellence because at a very young age believe me you are able to tell from the way a child is to say that's his skill if you look at people like messi at a very young age messi was identified by uh, the barcelona academy say this boy has potential and messi was sick actually if you really follow the story of messi Barcelona had to pay for Messi's medicals. Me- Messi was a really small child. He was very sick. But they believed in him. They grew- they took him to they made sure that he moved from Argentina. He went to Spain. He was training, constantly training, constantly training. They paid for his medicals. The disease that he suffered from at a very young age was quickly its history. Yep. And look at how he's achieved his potential. And Messi is one of the few people in life you hear people say, ah, that man is just talented. Mm-hmm. You look at the way he plays his football. He's talented. I always tell people to say, Messi, Messi is talented. Ronaldo has the skill. Yeah. You know? Like, and that's what we have with a lot of young children right now. You find there are kids out there that are good at something, but we do not identify the gifts that these children have and then we make one of the biggest mistakes is we subject them to the education system mm-hmm. i was reading a book where a man said are you sure you want to trust the government to educate your child <laughs> somebody asked that question you know it sounds like a silly question mm-hmm. but if you really think about it you are putting the destiny of your child in the hands of the government the government is another story yeah but will you be able to let that child uh fulfill his potential no a lot of a lot of the kids out there are convinced at a very young age that they are dull because they're not good in math mm-hmm. which is not the truth i for one keep telling people to say i was not good at math because i was dull i was not good at math because i just never liked math yeah. i never liked math and whenever an exam came close i would focus and i would always pass we learn at different stages others are slow others are fast and i'm one person who learns very quickly and that's why i've always succeeded in a lot of things that are not even my niche mm-hmm. you know i saw this meme on facebook where they showed a giraffe a giraffe a monkey a lion and a hippo and they were ask and they were asking them to say climb the tree we're going to grade you based off that yeah. and that meme was talking about the education system you know we are subjecting people to the same test but people have got different a giraffe can't climb a tree mm-hmm. but a giraffe has got its own skills so the monkey will probably excel because the monkey was born to yeah. to climb a snake a snake really can't climb a tree but because as the ability to crawl up there it will manage but not as good as the 
monkey. monkey yeah. The hippo has failed already. Mm-hmm. It where is it going to start? So you find that that's how the education system works, and that's how society works. Yeah. We have got these systems that tell you you can't do this, you can't do this, and we don't properly harness the potential that a lot of young people have. So what can you do as an individual? when you are trying to realize your potential you need to be able to know what it is that you have strong affinity for what it is that you love just because you love music doesn't mean you should be a musician Mm. (laughs) that's one thing i need to that people need to understand just because you love music doesn't mean you should be a musician musician. maybe 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 you can be a sound engineer Mm -hmm. maybe you could be a good producer so you have people who that's why young people need to be guided and mentored yeah. into trying to figure out what their gifts are because believe me you alone it is a rough journey and it's very difficult that is why when you have an interest in something take time to understand it and you will identify to say you know what this is what i love when i was young people used to think because i used to speak very good english i was good at debate they thought I would make a good lawyer. Mm-hmm. When in actual fact, I love public speaking. Public speaking and uh, being a lawyer, these are two different things. Yeah. You know, I just naturally have the ability to talk and express myself. Very effort, like effortlessly. I don't need a script. I don't need, I will just speak. I easily grasp concepts and I'm easy to... I'm, I've found it very easy. I will use words that I've come across in the right way without even reading the dictionary. No. Like I won't, I don't have to read it. Like I'll just know, oh, this is how this word fits in. But that doesn't mean I'm supposed to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's a difficult task and it's something we need to work on. So for me, I feel like if we have to be able to identify our potential and help the future generation, one is one. We need to change the system. We need to also understand what the purpose of education is. You know, in Zambia, we don't understand what the purpose of education is. But that's another discussion. You know, then in your own capacity, we need to grow. Unfortunately, in Africa, because of this environment we're in, we need to grow up very fast. And that's the harsh reality. If you love to rap, follow your dream follow your dream you don't have to listen to what your parents tell you you can make them happy by going to school but never bury your dream yeah. never bury your dream be consistent never be never be discouraged if you love football go to school my brother but don't kill your dream of playing football so for me if you have a vision if you have a dream keep the fire burning it's yeah. entirely up to you because the system you know, I was listening to a Joy Badass song where in a, in a nutshell, he was trying to simply say, when you're born a black man, everything is just stacked against you. Yep. You know? Life already has one. Exactly. <laughs> the first thing you come out to is, if you're even just being a human being, the first thing you come out to in life is pain, a slap on the bum to make sure that you're alive. That slap is the first stint of life to show you life is not easy my friend mm-hmm. people will only people will test you and people will see if you're alive when you hit that cry so 
You have to be strong. It's not an easy journey. People making it in Africa, especially, is not easy. Yeah. In Zambia, even worse. Yeah. So, um, do not judge uh, a fish based on its ability to climb a tree. Exactly. And I also feel uh, exposure. Mm-hmm. You, you, you told the story where your, your mom says, um, if you buy color, there is no money in there. It reminds me of uh, one of these prominent uh, players who's um, playing his football in the Premier League, now the English Premier League. He was, um, so my mom, me and my mom are walking and we see him with a certain girl and a certain girl so happens to be related to, to mom. And she was my cousin. And I told my mom, can't you see she's with that guy? And my mom says, Exactly. <laughs> but now look at him now. Look, look at him now, where exactly. he is and, exactly. and, and what he's exactly. achieved. Exactly. Yeah, so I, I want to talk about um, your page now. You mentioned your page, yes. Acumen Talks. Yes. Uh, what inspired Acumen Talks? You know, argument talk is a very the way it came up is a very it came up in a funny way. Um, a friend of mine. Uh, we were we were talking. We were talking. We were talking, and I was stopped in the middle of our conversation and say, and I was told, "Do you realize that you have this uh, skill, or you have this talent of being a good listener?" And always knowing how to respond when someone is talking to you. And I opened my eyes. I realized that um, a lot of, if you go to my Facebook, my personal account, a lot of my posts that I throw there are usually just motivational. Mm-hmm. And I get so many likes. People say, I don't know. And then I realized to myself, you know what? I could spread this positivity. Because I like positive talk. Because I believe with a positive mind, you can achieve anything. You can achieve anything with a positive mind. You cannot achieve greatness when you are living in negativity. I was uh, having a conversation with um, one of my clients. And we joked to say that um, life is not like math. Negative plus negative will never be equal to positive positive. in real life. (laughs) It will never happen. In real life... A positive attitude will attract a positive result. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was like, you know what? I would like to make a page where I would create a platform where I would motivate people, be able to interact with them, talk to them, and spread my understanding and my war against the struggle uh, with mental health. Because I personally, I have experienced... Uh, mental health issues at a very high level. I've been depressed before in my life. Very depressed. I have experienced anxiety. I still deal with anxiety actually. But I've found mechanisms that have helped me cope with it. So I was like, you know what? Let me use the talent I have. I'm able to talk to people. I'm able to get to people. And I'm able to say things in the right moment. And that's how I opened up the page. And that's how I linked it to my whatsapp i did I, when i when i started it i didn't even know what i was trying to achieve honestly <laughs> it was only through updating updating then people started hitting me up <sighs> from my whatsapp i saw this i'm going through this i'm going through this i'm going through this i'm going through this i actually make some calls and i found that i am helping people and it's giving me that 
fulfillment to say i'm helping someone because there was someone i was talking to a few hours ago they were like my brother you do not know what talking to you has done for me mm-hmm. i was on the verge of losing it and you sent me that voice note where you were telling me to stay positive i felt like you you were saying exactly what i needed to say yeah. in that moment and you can imagine it was like a repeat of what my friend was saying yeah. and these are some of the ways in which you can identify your potential you have to be found in the right company mm-hmm. you know you will not discover your potential if you are cheating at bars every day you will not discover your yeah. potential if you're cheating in places where you all you do is scream shout and whatnot you need to be in the right environment that's why you need to have positive people around you i think denzel Washington said, if you are in a group of five self-confident people, intelligent, you are the sixth. Mm-hmm. That's just how it works. And the opposite is And true. the opposite is true. If you're in a company of four fools, you're the fifth. Yeah. You're the fifth fool. So the environment is very important. So that's why for me, argument talk, argument talk is something that is, uh, it is mainly pushing and perpetuating the things that I love. I am pushing positivity. I am pushing self-help. Yeah. I am trying to open up to people to show them that mental health issues are real and there are people out there who are willing to listen and help you. Yeah. That is just my aim and that is why I'm going to do my best to grow my brand and make it something worth mentioning. So uh, would you, I, I, I love the fact that you've said mental health issues are real. Do you think the state of the country, um, the state of people, let me, let me say people around you, circles, people that you've interacted with, do you think they believe that mental health issues are real? I, I say this because um, we were having a conversation with a friend and then he said something interesting. He said, I often go in Dr. Enama. And it reminded me of, I don't remember who said this, but he said, you only know the state of the mental health issues that we have in our country by what you when you th- hear the name chinama what comes to your mind that goes back to the statement i made i don't know if it was to you i was like uh in zambia we only appreciate mental health issues in the west case scenario mm-hmm. you know your leg has become rotten that's when you come and realize that you had an injury yeah. that's not that's how it works it. that's not how it works mm-hmm. you know you need to treat your mental health the way you treat your physical health yeah. When you have a tummy ache, you quickly run for help. Say, ah, my tummy is not okay. That applies with mental health as well. Your number one organ for mental health is the brain. You have to take care of your brain the way you take care of your lungs, the way you take care of your liver, the way you take care of your legs. That's how you take care of your brain. In Zambia specifically, in the environment we are in, the community that we are interacting in, we do not appreciate mental health. We clown mental mm-hmm. health issues. We look down on mental health issues. And even just the way we are raised up, especially as men, yeah. mental health issues are not something that is properly addressed. You will find, and this is why I kept telling someone to say, when you are living in a society where suicide cases are becoming more than success stories, mm-hmm. just know there's a problem. Because there's no way every week has killed himself. Somebody literally parked their car 
on the side of the road to go and kill themselves. And even wrote a note, guys, I mean, there's a problem. People yeah. are dealing with suicide is usually the end result Yo. of a long-standing, pending mental health problem. Yeah. It's the result. Mm-hmm. You will hear people say, ah, that guy was looking like he was okay. You know, he used to laugh. Oh, da, 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 da. He was jovial. But was he? Exactly. Was positive. Okay. I'm telling you. It's like when you have a look at me and if you hear the way I'm expressing myself, you'll be like, mm, this guy has been depressed before. Mm. And, mm, this guy deals with anxiety. I deal with chronic anxiety. And the only person that can attest to this is my wife. She will tell you, there are times when things are bad and I, I start sounding like I'm crazy. But I know how to cope with it. I know how to deal with it. And I have dealt with it. So we do not appreciate mental health issues in, 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 in Zambia. And that's why for me, I'm not going to be a person who's going to start pointing fingers at the government. Yeah. Because the government... One, one thing that people do not realize is the government is just a reflection of its people. Yeah. The things that you... Prior, if you look at the things that you prioritize as a people, that's what government prioritizes. People who cry about you no know, employment, the government goes out of its way to create what? Employment. If people realize that mental health is important, the government w- will find means to ensure that everyone has access mm-hmm. to people that can help them. Because when you live in a country where people drink more, than an ordinary person and you are feeling proud to be listed amongst the highest drinking nations that's sad beer benders exactly a lot of people and this is just a fact that people won't accept are abusing alcohol to mask and escape a lot of mental health issues that they are are dealing with you know you find people are dealing with a lot of stuff and they are using alcohol they are using other psychoactive substances, marijuana, cocaine. They're abusing these things in order to cope with life, life's realities. Because you can't live in a country where if the president, during COVID, mm-hmm. when the bars were closed and people literally lost it, <laughs> like literally lost it, yeah. you know, people were saying, no, in the bars, that's where we find stress relief. That should tell you something. Hmm? We have problems. We have serious problems. I for one have I was once there before. I was once there. When I was feeling some type of way, I felt the gold liquid oh, sort it out. You know, you relax, you know. No, it doesn't. These things are distractions and the problems never go away. Yeah. So that's why you find that um from a scale of one to ten. As a, as a society and as a, as a country, I would give us a tool in how we take these mental health issues. Because I've heard people say, I know Fun When you just hear someone going to China, mm-hmm. you know, you, aso- you, aff- you associate China with madness. Yeah. Mental health is not madness. Not, not all mental health conditions are to be seen in the light of. Uh, people losing it completely because you know there are different conditions there's you can't compare somebody dealing with depression to someone dealing with psychosis you can't compare someone dealing with a bipolar condition or adhd to someone who's dealing with anxiety and these are issues that people don't understand and then there are people that are dealing with mental 
mental mental illnesses they don't even know that what they go through is anxiety ah you hear someone saying things like i never have a fine fine bro I overthink. I overthink, bro. It's something to even uh, me. Uh, me as an overthinker, overthinker, I need to have someone who communicates and 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 whatnot. And I I feel also the information asymmetry exactly. when it comes to exactly. all these issues. Exactly. We find that we just want to know a bit uh-huh. and then simple. go with it. Simple, simple. And 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 the thing is, we are too quick to label things. Mm-hmm. Ah, that guy is toxic. Why do you think he's toxic? No. You know when your relationship with him becomes distant. No, find out. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of problems in this country that are stemming out of mental health. Uh, the lack of attention that we give mental health and we should stop playing the blame game. Let's not blame the government. Let's not blame what. The thing to do here is let us just own up. Let us own up. Let us let us create awareness. Let us um let people know that these things exist. Let us educate one another. Mm-hmm. A government, just like I keep telling people, the laws that we have are a product of society. You know, for defilement to have found itself in the penal code being criminalized, it's because a community saw that a child should not be exposed to sexual activity. Mm-hmm. So if a society realizes that, you know what? We need these things to be attended to. The laws shall reflect that, and these and the spirit shall, shall you know, shall be seen. Yeah. It's like how Zambians will always say, "Oh, Christian nation, Christian nation." The reason why that declaration found itself is within the preamble of the constitution is because, as a country, we accepted that we need to govern each other with a moral compass of Christian principles and morals. Yeah. Not necessarily that everything should be looked at from a Christian perspective, perspective, which is used only when it's convenient for certain people and when you want to judge people. Mm -hmm. So, same should apply with mental health issues. And that's why I created my page, Acumen Talk, where I want to have frank talks with people on my page, encourage people to not give up, you know, Mm -hmm. to be strong, and just that. So, your, your two words the beginning of the interview or the talk of the conversation we are having were consistency and self-love and uh, I feel hearing your story really affirms that there's been this level of consistency and self-love and your journey from a point of oh I'm not good enough to a point of you getting to see and having people spot it out in you and I, I'm, I'm seeing an aspect of mentorship an aspect of you being in a circle of people that are able to see what you are good at. Um, I would want you to highlight the importance of self-love and how can one uh, get to a point where they attain, they love themselves. Like, is self-love equal to one being selfish? I think there's also need for us to make that distinction. Definitely, definitely. Um... I always tell people to say there is a we need to be able to distinguish between narcissism and self-love and also selfishness um in life you have to realize that yes we are a product of fertilization two two totally different people coming together and us forming up in the womb and us coming out 
and that sh in itself should affirm that you come out of this world alone mm -hmm. if you do not love yourself first you will be unable to love another yeah that's just fact self-love will breed what i call so i was saying that um you know self-love breeds a lot of selves as you put it self-esteem self-confidence and you will you will not enjoy your life if you don't have these virtues because you could have all the money in the world but if you don't have self-love you will not have self-esteem self-confidence you and these are things that distinguish you from peace and being in serious chaos this is why you'll find that people will come and tell you that money isn't everything you know for someone to say that that should mean a lot because money is sweet yeah money answers all things exactly for, even the bible says that so for somebody to come to that conclusion it should tell you that in life you need to have some peace and you will not have peace if you don't have self-love you know because you have to love yourself enough to be able to remove yourself from environments that do not breed self-love you know and remove yourself from a place where you can't enjoy peace if you truly love yourself you will not be in a toxic relationship you will understand your true worth and you'll be able to get yourself out when you're seeing that you are in a toxic environment where you are not experiencing what is needed and that's why for me it's very important to understand that if you have self-love within yourself you will be able to look at life from a whole different perspective and you'll be able to appreciate the small, fine things about life and you'll be able to create a fertile environment for you to breed and actually fulfill and discover your, your potential. So that's the little snippet I have with regards to self-love. Yeah, it's been a great conversation. And I really appreciate you for making the time to just come through and have this conversation with us. So, and don't forget to like and share our page on all social media platforms at Assetting Assets. And you can give us feedback by emailing assettingassets at gmail.com. Also, hit the subscribe button to get this in front of many eyes and ears. And you are likely to never miss an episode if you subscribe. So, Mr. Mwika, where can people reach out to you? Please, you can find me on Instagram, Mwika Musakuzi. Kindly like my page, Argument Talks with Mr. Musakuzi. You, you can hit me up, we can talk, we can interact. I like to visit. And uh, yeah, basically just that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. This has been a Setting Assets podcast with my co-host for today, or my guest, Mr. Mwika Musakuzi. And it's been a great conversation. Thank you.